Well, it all started years ago with a live nativity scene that was set up at South Hall back in 1983, put on by the youth of this church. They had bathrobes and they had rods and they made a homemade live nativity scene, but nobody could have imagined what that tradition would evolve into years later. Uh, today is a special day in the life of Woodmont because today is Walk Through Bethlehem Sunday. This tradition goes back 35 years to that first live nativity scene in 1983. And it's truly one of the greatest gifts that our church uh, can give this community year after year to help people feel and live and imagine what it might have been like when Christ was born over 2,000 years ago. Now this event takes a lot of work, a lot of promotion, a lot of organization, but it's always worth it because it's a clear reminder right here in the heart of Green Hills, right here where you have the mall and the stores and all the other secular parts of Christmas, it's a clear reminder of what Christmas is all about. The birth of Jesus Christ, the one that we call the Prince of Peace. Today's also a special day because we light the second candle on the Advent wreath, which is the candle for peace. Isaiah foretells of a child being born, a son being given, authority resting upon his shoulders and his name being called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. During Advent, we welcome the Prince of Peace into a world that to be perfectly honest, doesn't always have room for the Prince of Peace. But Jesus came to bring peace. Peace into our world, peace into our hearts. Isaiah also talks about the peaceable kingdom, the wolf living with the lamb, the leopard lying down with the kid, the calf and the lion walking behind the, the child, the cow and the bear, the lion and the ox, the child and the snake, all coexisting in peace. When Jesus was born, the angels proclaimed the message of peace, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among all people. Throughout his life and ministry, Jesus taught peace. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. He also said, Turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus came to preach and teach and bring peace, and our world today needs peace because there is war, and there is terrorism, and there is racism, and bigotry, and hatred, and anger, and hostility, and there is tension we need peace on many levels. Over the years, I have uh, taught that, that peace exists on three basic levels. The, the first level is actually the one that we can control. It's inner peace or peace within our hearts, peace within our souls, the peace that passes understanding, the, the peace that Jesus said is not of this world. This is the most important kind of peace, and, and this kind of peace cannot and should not be left up to other people. And then you move up a level and you have what I call local peace, or peace within our families, peace within our communities, our churches, our circle of friends, our offices, the places that we work, our immediate surroundings. And then there's global peace, 
which is certainly a challenge and it's very complicated and complex in this world in which we live. But all of these levels are connected and begin with one level, and that is inner peace or peace within our hearts. And there will never be local peace and there will never be global peace until there is first inner peace. But for some reason, we live in a world where lots of people lack inner peace. So why the lack of inner peace in our world today, in our culture today? Why are so many people unhappy and unsatisfied? Why is there so much tension and resentment, uh, hatred, and, 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 and negative energy? These are questions that we ask, and there are many answers to these questions. But I want to make an honest confession to you today on Walk Through Bethlehem Sunday. Some of you I know well. Some of you I'm, I've never seen before. I'm glad you're here. But I'm going to be honest with you. I have studied a lot about peace over the years. I have written a lot about peace over the years. I have uh, preached and taught a lot about peace over the years. But I have to tell you something. I'm not always good at finding a sense of peace in my own heart. Maybe you can relate to that. Life is busy. Life is stressful. Lots of things are thrown at us, and, and peace seems elusive, uh, even during the Christmas season. This week, our nation has been celebrating the life of its 41st president, George H.W. Bush, and lots of things have been said and written about him in the newspapers. Republicans and Democrats have praised him, talking about his character, his integrity, his loyalty to his family and his friends. When his son, President George W. Bush, got up Wednesday at the National Cathedral to eulogize him, this is what he said about his dad. He said, Dad could relate to people from all walks of life. He was an empathetic man. He valued character over pedigree, and he was no cynic. He looked for the good in each person, and usually he found it. Dad taught us that public service is noble and necessary, that one person can serve with integrity and hold true to the important values like faith and family. He strongly believed that it was important to give back to the community and the country in which one lived. And he recognized that serving others enriched the giver's soul. Now, there have been other things that have been said this week in relationship to Bush 41. Uh, how when the Berlin Wall came down in 1989, he didn't go and celebrate and rub it in the face of the Soviet Union. He knew that that wouldn't accomplish anything. You remember when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait and, and, and the U.S. forces went to drive him out of there. And uh, lots of people wanted to go into Baghdad and take out Saddam Hussein. But he said, no, that wasn't part of our original mission. Uh, even when he lost his reelection campaign to a young uh, governor from Arkansas named Bill Clinton, he wrote a humble letter uh, with these words and left it on the Oval Office desk. Dear Bill, when I walked into this office just now, I felt the same sense of wonder and respect that I felt four years ago. I know you will feel that too. I wish you great happiness here. I never felt the loneliness that some presidents have described. There will be very tough times made even more difficult by criticism that you may not think is fair. I'm not a very good one to give advice, but just don't let the critics discourage you or push you off course. You will be our president. When you read this note, I wish you well. 
I wish your family well. Your success is now our country's success. I'm rooting hard for you. Good luck. George. Now, clearly, this was a decent man, a man of character, a man who treated people with dignity and respect. And sure, when people die, especially presidents, we have a tendency to overdo it with all the praise and, and adoration and accolades. But it's surely a reminder that the way we live our lives and the way that we treat and interact with other people matters and leaves a lasting impression upon them. As Christians, we're called to be peaceful people. And so one day when we pass away, what will others be able to say about us? Will they be able to say that, that we brought peace into our hearts and into our world? Will others be able to say that we work to bring peace into a broken and fractured and painful culture? If you haven't done your Christmas shopping this year, I can help you. This sermon's not about humility, so I have a book that's out. But you know what was amazing in writing this book? When I got done with it and I looked back throughout the different chapters, I was amazed at how many of the chapters deal with the subject of peace and inner peace. This is from chapter 57 called Inner Peace in a Busy World. Why is there such a lack of inner peace in our world and in our culture today? Why are so many people unhappy and unsatisfied? There are obvious answers to this question uh, things like anxiety and fear and regret and jealousy and envy and dissatisfaction, addiction, disease, mental illness, despair, grief, loneliness, insecurity, financial struggle. The list is long and familiar. One of my favorite passages of scripture actually comes from John chapter 14 where Jesus says, The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. In the Bible, the ancient word for peace is called shalom. And so today when you walk through Bethlehem, you'll hear people say over and over again, shalom, shalom. But shalom has never meant the absence of trouble. It means that which makes for our highest good. The peace that the world offers to us is very different from the peace that Christ offers to us. The peace that the world offers to us is an escape, an avoidance of trouble and difficult times. It's a day at the spa. It's a walk in the park, a vacation. But the peace that Christ offers to us is the peace of conquest. The peace that allows us to deal with anything that may come our way in life. And nothing can take this peace away from us once we have it. It's an inner peace that is completely independent of outward external circumstances and situations. It's a peace that we find in God. And it allows us to deal with all of our worries and fears, all of our trials and temptations, all of our uncertainty and insecurity, all of our doubt and uneasiness. This world will throw many things at us, things that will test us, things that will hurt us, things that will knock us down, things that will set us back. But if we have the peace of Christ in our hearts, then this world does not have control over us because it's a peace that we find within. And once you find it, it cannot be taken away. Let me ask you this. Do you need peace this Christmas?
Do you want peace this Christmas? Do you grow weary of being exhausted and worried and always running around? If the answer to those questions is yes, then why not make a decision this Christmas to give peace a chance? Why not make a decision this Christmas to welcome the Prince of Peace into your heart? Matthew writes a beautiful account of the birth of Jesus, and Matthew talks about the wise men. Luke doesn't mention the wise men, but Matthew tells us about the wise men. He says, in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we've come to pay him homage Scholars will tell you that these wise men were men of considerable affluence and wealth. The fact that they are often referred to as kings tells us that they were highly educated and they were also very rich. They could afford to leave home for very long periods of time because of their wealth. Many believe that they were Persians from the Midian tribe. But these men were full of wisdom. They were holy. They were referred to as magi. And if all of this is true, if, if these wise men had everything in their life that they could possibly want, then why did they leave their families and the warmth of their homes to travel a great distance to go and see this newborn baby? Why? Apparently, something was missing in their lives. In the midst of all their wealth, their affluence, their power, there was a sense of emptiness and longing on the inside. They had everything that our world can give from a material sense, but they were still longing for something else, something deeper. And it was this sense of emptiness and restlessness that led them to go to Bethlehem and to see the Christ child. And only after seeing Jesus in the manger with Mary and Joseph there, their lives were then changed. And the scriptures say that they went home by another road. Or to translate that, they went home a different way that they came. Their life was not the same as it was before they encountered Jesus Christ. Something changed them for good. It seems to me that inner peace and emotional stability go hand in hand. There's a pastor in New York named Peter Scazzaro, and I've been reading a book that he wrote called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. Uh, I want to be one of those. Some of you probably want to be one of those. But he gives four characteristics of an emotionally unhealthy leader. He says they have low self-awareness, first. They are unaware of how they come across to other people. They don't know or understand what's going on inside of their own heart. Secondly, they are addicted to staying busy or becoming workaholics, and they let work take priority over their family, which sadly has ended many marriages in our culture. Third, he says they do more activity for God than their relationship with God can sustain. They are chronically overextended. There is such a thing as religious busyness. We see it in the church all the time. And fourth, they lack a work Sabbath rhythm. And that is so relevant to our culture where Sunday has just become another day and people forget why we have Sabbath in the first place, why God commanded it and ordained it. So how are you doing this Christmas when it comes to inner peace? How are you doing this Christmas when it comes to emotional health and stability? Are you so busy that you can't slow down to enjoy the joy, to enjoy the joy of the season? Inner peace 
doesn't just happen on its own. We must take the time to seek it and to find it and to hold on to it. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow once wrote these words that became the well-known lyrics to a popular Christian song. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong, and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Do you have room in your heart this year to welcome in the Prince of Peace? And if not, why not? Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. And so this Christmas, are we going to seek and hold on to and spread that sense of peace? Lauren's going to come and close my sermon with a, with a well-known song that's been called the Global Anthem for Peace. She's going to sing it, and I invite you to reflect upon it. Let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. Let there be peace on earth, a peace that was meant to be with God as our Father. Children, all are we. Let me walk with all others in perfect harmony. Let peace begin with me. Let this be the moment now. With Every step I take, let this be my solemn vow to take each moment and live each moment with peace eternally. Let there be peace on earth and let it be. with me.